Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. energy that I'm experiencing in my body it's like a circle so when I sit here you can kind of see that my body moves in a circle a little bit Try standing up. So yeah, it totally moves on its own. So it's even there when I'm standing on my feet. Kneel down right now. I had my second session of holotropic breath work and I'm standing here amongst the oak trees. And it went pretty well. Last night I was able to fall asleep taking just one Seroquel. Whereas a few days ago, I was taking three. So I'm not sure if the holotropic breath work is taking the pressure off a bit so I'm able to have less Seroquel. And this is really important because I'm supposed to be doing this business course and if I'm still on Seroquel, it's gonna be really hard to do it because Seroquel makes my brain slow and kind of stupid which is good for the short term when necessary, but long term, not so good. And yeah, I think holotropic breathwork is cool. Very cool.
writing some stuff, or at least starting to look at some stuff. So yeah, I was starting to look at some of the stuff I have to do from Tuesday. And then I realized I don't get to be this close to the ocean very often, so why not spend some time with the ocean instead? really windy. So I did three holotropic breathwork sessions and I'll try at some point to remember kind of what happened but what's more relevant is that it really did do something, especially the first one. I was a little bit tired after that so I was maybe more lazy with the breathing but it was pretty cool and pretty sure it did a lot. Last night I couldn't fall asleep though. I was feeling that vibrating sensation big time and I don't know if it's because I took only half a Seroquel um, the night, that night before and then I was trying to take zero Seroquel that night just to see if I could but I couldn't, I had to take half to get that vibrating sensation to settle down. I probably tapered off it too fast because on Tuesday I was taking three, then I think I took two, then one, then half. So that's a pretty fast taper. Um, so I'll keep going at half and I'll see if today, later, I get that vibrate sensation that's really uncomfortable. It's pretty hard to fall asleep when my whole energy field feels and body feels like it's vibrating. But I wanted to see how much I could taper off and I might have to be on more of it when I get back home. Not sure, we'll see. And I gotta work on that thing for the business course. I really hope my brain will cooperate. That's part of why I wanna taper off the Seroquel because my brain doesn't start to speed up again until I'm off Seroquel usually. And I didn't go on the Sertraline yet, the Zoloft but I might do that. I don't really want to, but I might if I need to, to get through this course and try and learn something and start this mental health advocacy type business thingamajiggy. Really hope my brain starts to cooperate because it's so slow.
so slow. So right on cue, my brain is kicking it up a notch. I've been listening to music with headphones since holotropic breathwork, just in noticing the profound effect that music has on the brain and consciousness. And I'm listening to an old DJ Paulo tribal house music set, and I've written quite a few pages related to stuff for the mental health advocate business. And it's probably stuff I've written before a bunch of times. But it's hard to put things into a structure for me. I thought of something new. I thought about creating a one-year course for people with bipolar consciousness with a lot of different videos and things that might help normalize some of the experiences. And these are some of the supplements I'm taking right now. And I came across a website yesterday, I was looking up vitamins for psychosis and things like that. And I found some links about the different vitamins that are depleted by taking antipsychotics. And also some of the vitamins that help with some of what happens to people when they go on antipsychotics like um, weight gain or diabetes or problems with blood lipids and things and they were vitamin C vitamin E maybe and some other things and then I ordered NAC and acetylcysteine and coenzyme Q10, some vitamin D, and red palm oil because it had the vitamin E tocotrienols and tocopherols, as well as vitamin A. And I found on a, on a web page that those are some of the things that help when somebody's taking antipsychotics. And I remember having that stuff before, the red palm oil, and it didn't taste the greatest. But I'm willing to try it again because it said it tastes good on the description. And then I came across a website called balancingbrainchemistry.co.uk. And it's by a guy named Peter Smith. And he does Skype consults, but they're $165 Canadian. But I might do it to see what he has to say, because it's cool. He says he advocates for self-medicating with different supplements and things when you learn how to do it. And 
I've sort of learned how to do that with the meds, like taking them when I have to and then tapering off when I don't and not really needing a psychiatrist to tell me what to do and also being able to avoid the hospital, which is huge because that can be super re-traumatizing. So, yeah, I might call him to see what he has to say. He has some interesting perspectives and there's still a lot of possibilities to explore and we'll see what happens and I'm also going to try to make an appointment with that shaman and I'm also going to make an acupuncture appointment because that energy is still there especially later in the day I'm wondering if it has something to do with the conversion of serotonin to melatonin because it happens later in the day at like 5 p.m. or 6 and then doesn't really stop and it's quite vibrate and it's in the root chakra area so it could be something that is helped by acupuncture because it feels like an energy thing And interestingly enough, I was listening to the Schumann Resonance on YouTube. And then after I took the headphones off, I could still hear something in my head. Like when I shook my head, it sounded like kind of like metal warping. And then even when I didn't shake my head, I could hear this sound. It was really weird. It's like listening to that created some kind of stored up sound in my brain that I could hear later and then I was thinking that maybe this energy that I feel is something to do with the Schumann resonance and I'm not sure but it was really really bizarre and I like when bizarre things like that happen because it encourages me to keep going and keep investigating and what was the other thing? Oh, I only took half a Seroquel last night. 900 milligrams of lithium. I might try to switch to Orotate under the guidance of this Peter Smith naturopath in the UK. And also 50 plus half of a 25 of Trazodone. And I had weird dreams. I watched the movie It Happened on Fifth Avenue, which is a really, really old Christmas movie. And I had a dream like that where I was moving people into a big house. And something else, but I can't remember. And there could be more. I was writing down a lot of stuff for this business and seeing how it could start small and expand into other people with bipolar being advocates and learning about themselves and also advocating for the bipolar perspective and what it has to offer and what it potentially has to offer if we get together and are working together like that because most approaches are well there's something wrong with you what if the world could be a little bit more bipolar? For example, everyone walks around, not everyone, but 
people walk around in general trying to be consistent. What if people didn't try to be consistent, but responded more fluidly to the moment? And I think that's what we're doing in bipolar partly. This experience, I think, has confirmed quite a bit of what I've talked about with myself, oddly enough. So we'll see. I'm going to keep going, of course. And I think a big thing that I wrote down was that when people get diagnosed, family members are often devastated or feel like it's some kind of tragedy. What if that perspective can be moved to its journey, adventure, exploration, opportunity? And a lot of it's scary and there's a lot of suffering, but it can be interesting as well. I'm at my favorite park. It looks a lot different since I was last here. I was here in October sometime when I was thinking that I was going to be able to get through the crisis I was starting to experience while being on micronutrients only and no psych meds. Or I might have had to take some of that point and then tried to taper off them quickly. Can't remember. And I think the micronutrients were a big success being on nomads for five months and then having a crisis when I would usually have one anyway. So I'm down to half a Seroquel and 900 milligrams lithium and 150 milligrams trazodone and then half of a 25. Last night I couldn't sleep right away and so I took a Benadryl to fall asleep and today I'm feeling kind of funny in the eyes and kind of groggy. And yesterday I didn't have that sort of buzzing in my energy field, especially around my root chakra, that turning. It didn't start at all and I'm wondering if it's because I took a zinc, I think it's 30 milligrams, and then two P5Ps, 50 milligrams. And I took two folic acids, and those are 800 MCG, and a niacin, and a vitamin C. And I've been looking more at chemistry and things for this sort of stuff, more particularly. And I came across on this website by Peter Smith, who's a naturopathic doctor, and he has the website balancingbrainchemistry.co.uk and he put one sentence in there about bipolar and vanadium 
toxicity or accumulation or something. So I looked up vanadium, which is V-A-N-A-D-I-U-M, and apparently it has something to do with the Na, the sodium-potassium pump of red blood cells, and it's something that accumulates in mania, apparently. And then there was something about vitamin C helping mania, and the Balancing Brain Biochemistry website has tons of stuff on on different ways to modulate one's brain and chemistry for people who have bipolar. And I find this interesting. He mentions that he advocates for self-medicating, meaning using natural methods or whatever, and I don't exactly know. I would go on the site and talk to him to find out exactly what he means, and that's what I'm going to do. I also learned about something called darkness therapy, where it can help slow down mania if one is in the complete dark and quiet for a while, which is pretty easy to do and basically free. And he also talks about how the illness tries to kill him, and that's sort of what I feel about it too. So, yeah, positives that spinny feeling stopped. It did sort of start up again when I took the Benadryl, so I don't know what that means. Um, but I did fall asleep anyway. I'm going to try and get out of the car here, get some air. Missed you trees. And for some reason, I subscribe to all of the master class master classes because they sent a deal for 120 bucks. And then I started watching them and I realized, why did I buy this? I am doing this other stuff and I'm going to be working on this business and so yeah I was kind of in that space of creativity and just buying which isn't good and then had a conversation with somebody that was kind of a total buzzkill and still kind of recovering from it. My confidence is really not good right now. And I never think of myself as having confidence or not. It's not something that enters my mind until somebody shoots me down on every possible occasion. And this is the thing. I went to the island. I spent nearly $1,000 on a trip to de-stress and, and, and deal with some trauma using holotropic breathwork. And then I come back and... 
you know, I'm trying to recover and get better. And so what I'm trying to say is if one isn't in circumstances that are are congruent with getting better but make things worse and my holotropic breathing facilitator told me don't have any big conversations or anything and I kind of forgot she said to say this isn't the best time maybe we could have this conversation later and wait for a couple weeks or something but I don't know why it seems right now I'm working on whatever yet the circumstances around me create conversations where it's a downer and a buzzkill and focused on all of my limitations and and then when I think about it it's like well right now I'm not in the greatest situation and I haven't created much and then I took that CBT for psychosis class and it's sort of indicating like some of the things that we experience as people that are bipolar like the grandiosity and creativity or whatever are overcompensations for lack of self-esteem or something so I'm thinking wow maybe all of this is just a big overcompensation and maybe there is no meaning maybe that's all an overcompensation and I really don't know right now and I'm not sure if the wind is trying to encourage me or say yes it is all delusion I just don't feel like I have anywhere to settle and, and do the work I need to do and want to do. And maybe I don't even need to do that work. I was going to go for acupuncture, but it's more expensive than I thought. But I could have paid for two sessions had I not bought this master class so that's the thing I got distracted for a moment and then spent $120 which I forgot that's American so Canadian it's probably like 160 so yeah I gotta focus because a lot of my time right now is kind of wasted, like now. This isn't wasted, but I don't really want to go home. It doesn't feel like home. And it's partly because I'm in an awful state. I was kind of fine-ish before, though I was watching some of my videos in August 1st. I'm like, how am I going to get through this? And lo and behold, I didn't get through this, and now it's harder to get through this because of the situation. It's nobody's fault, it's just not ideal. I 
and I'm craving kombucha. So there's more to share. I've written a lot down in the last while. I don't know. I really am troubled. What I'm going to do first is talk to Peter Smith of Balancing Brain Biochemistry because I am interested in learning how to manage some of these things without medication. That's still my goal. I don't want to be on medication. And next time, if I'm able to taper off meds and be on something else, I am more prepared to quickly stop the psychosis-like stuff with antipsychotics and then since it doesn't turn in, into much, then be able to taper off them eventually. So, yeah. Also work on listening to what I've said on the videos and maybe transcribing it or something. I don't know. Turning it into a booklet or... I'm not sure, but I need to start creating things and, and sharing them. So I put in an email to Peter Smith of balancingbrainchemistry.co.uk to have a Skype consult and if I decide to follow his methods I'll keep following them until I possibly have my next crisis which would be eight and a half months from the start of this one, which was technically mid-October. So that would be November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. But as I was saying, I don't generally have a crisis in the summer. And I hope I don't waste my summer in crisis. So it's possible it will happen in April. And I'm not sure if it's a good idea to go on the supplements for what he says now or wait until I have more of my own space. We'll see.
last night I had 150 milligrams less lithium and I found a little clue on my nails which are very very faint zinc deficiency marks and they're sort of at the top which means it's more recent it's hard to get it on the camera I'll try the other side see on this finger near the top it's a really faint mark and on this one there's another mark Put the key in, turn it, nothing happens because I left my lights on. My old car doesn't give me the indicator that my lights were on when I left the car. So I'm sitting here, luckily I do have BCAA, but I'm just kind of lazy to even call them, but of course I have to, and I'm hungry, yesterday someone gave me a nice compliment on the article I wrote for Emerging Proud, they said that it made them kind of emotional because they've gone through things like that too. But on the grand scheme of things, I feel very unmotivated and very not good and kind of like, I don't want to do this business class. I just want to get rid of every single commitment. And I don't know, maybe get a job for a couple months, save some money and, and go. This class feels like a bit too much information. I have a hard time staying organized with this like thinking and planning and recalling and and I haven't heard back from Peter Smith yet about having an appointment about all that stuff and I'm kind of bummed about my living situation I don't really have enough space to create and talk and whatever. I guess I better call BCAA because I want to go get some food. Still won't start. So I called BCAA and they're going to be about 45 minutes. That's quite a while. I want to go and get food. This morning I had some Tim Hortons. I had a bagel. And my car is really messy. I want to clean it. And it kind of smells. I wish I could spray that Norwex micro something spray. I can't remember what it's called. 
and my car is a thousand kilometers away from turning 200,000 kilometers old, which is pretty young still. So I do want to keep this thing in good shape. I just got an automated call from BCAA that there'll be 20 minutes. So that's not as bad as 45 minutes. But this is the kind of stuff that happens when things aren't going as well. When, when one's bipolar state of consciousness isn't as sharp and elevated. Things like arguments with people or annoying traffic or forgetting to turn off one's lights in one's vehicle and needing a jump start. Things like that don't happen when one is in an elevated state. They just don't. So, yeah. And I got a notification that my iPhone is on the way. So I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know what that means. And I'm feeling pretty bummed, so I'm... I'm tempted to take that sertraline, but I'm going to wait until I have that N-acetylcysteine. It's on the way as long as, as well as coenzyme Q10. And I do want to talk to this guy to see what else I can take that's natural to navigate this. But I just feel more childish and not able to get over arguments and move on and not provoking arguments, but feeling kind of hurt by the contents of arguments and I can't remember if I said I had a really, really bad sleep last night. It was like I didn't fall asleep, but it almost felt like I fell asleep, so I wasn't trying to fall asleep. I was just sort of laying there, and I had a really weird dream where there was this bear outside the house, and I was having a bunch of people over all over the house, and then they would open the door, and they'd come down and close the door and say, there's a bear outside. So I think I took too much B vitamins, because that leads to dream recall. I was taking two pyridoxal 5-phosphate, which is the precursor to B6. And I also was taking two folic acid. Whereas this morning, I took one of each of those as well as whatever else I take in the morning. Zinc, something, something. So... I started listening to my first video from a long time ago and in this state of consciousness it sounds kind of dumb but I'm thinking that I might start posting the audio videos after listening to them because what do I really have to lose at this point and all the plans of being off the meds have failed so I'm not sure what part 
I will share, like, maybe I'll have to edit some out because I don't want people following along that trajectory per se, or I don't know what I'm saying, but, um, I could just start posting them because I think what's important is to find some co-creators and not really worry about other things so much. And I'm not even sure if I'll get through this business course. Like I said before, it seems like I don't follow through with anything. But I think that is a byproduct of how my brain works. I don't really remember much. Like I can't put things into like this big thing. So... Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. And So after BCAA comes here, maybe I will go get some sushi. The other day I didn't have sushi because I couldn't find the place in the complex. So I had Quiznos and it, it wasn't even good. I used to have Quiznos turkey ranch and Swiss when I would eat turkey, but now that I don't, I had a vegetarian one and it wasn't good. And then I looked on the sushi website and then I noticed, well, there it is on the map on their website, but it didn't really show it very well on Apple Maps. So I ended up not eating sushi. So today, hopefully I will get to eat some sushi. So my car is started now, yay! And I need to drive it for about half an hour to make sure the battery recharges. So I'm gonna head back home area and get sushi out there. One of the crappy things about the town I live in now is that the closest kombucha is 15 minutes away. Where I lived before, it was like three minutes away. So I realized, but I'll probably forget, that I need to find my NeuroTribe because I was listening to the first two videos that I ever made. Well, there were a few before that, but the first two in the playlist, and I talked about open dialogue and how it's a breakdown in the social fabric and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not sure if my social fabric will be mended or if that's the social fabric that I'm meant to live in, in general. So in that way, I need to find new social fabric. So gotta get looking for that. I'm gonna go get some gasoline and go back home. One other thing I wanted to talk about was that I was in a toy store the other day and I picked up a book about Steve Jobs. And I read that his last words were, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. So that's kind of a good sign.
Last night, I took a whole Seroquel to go to sleep instead of half, as well as I went back up to 900 milligrams lithium and I took 50 plus half of 25 of trazodone. And it was sort of from the perspective of, I don't give a shit. And then I was feeling really sad and I sort of cried myself to sleep, which doesn't usually happen. So I guess I'm in a depression if I really think about it. And I've been trying not to be still going about life. And I'm drinking my yerba mate in a jar because I don't have a kitchen set up. And I'm just not feeling good about this living situation. And I'm feeling like it's going to be hard to get out of this depression while in this living situation. So it feels kind of like a trap. And I know that it's a lot, the state of my consciousness that is making me manifest certain behaviors like, I don't want to shower, I'm lazy. I did go to my business class yesterday, so on the days that I have to, I'm able to get through this morning I just felt like I don't want to do anything. It's worse in the morning. And I just felt like I'm done. Done with all this whatever I'm doing. There's no value in it. And just feeling negative about everything. And I don't usually get like that. So kind of sucks. I don't like it. But I had a decent sleep, but I feel kind of groggy from taking the whole Seroquel. And I'm sort of feeling like it'll be hard to do this business class if I have to take a whole Seroquel to fall asleep. Which I might have to in my current living situation. So yesterday I started listening to that first audio and then I listened to the second one of the videos that I made a long time ago and I posted one and I'll probably post another today or maybe I could for tomorrow and just have a post rate of every other day and since I have over 500 videos that would take probably like two years but I took the date off of it to make it less like that. And I did get an email back from Peter Smith and he's available to talk on Monday morning. So that's something hopeful because he teaches people to self-medicate with different things. and. I printed, I printed this off his website. It's kind of hard to read. It might be good to print it off at something else, like Staples, to get a bigger copy. I can read it, but it's really small. 
So he talks about, and this is balancingbrainchemistry.co.uk. He talks about a lot of different things. So this could be something that works for me and I was hoping that micronutrients would and I think that micronutrients still might work for me but the trouble is that I think that what I should have done is taken the Seroquel earlier but I don't know if I would have because the micronutrients made it so it was manageable so it's possible that if I had a more mild so-called psychosis or less trauma that I might have been able to get through that bit of trouble without any um, medications. So now I'm looking again at this whole individualized approach and I've made some notes on different things and I do have a bit of a biology background so it's interesting to learn about what amino acids make what neurotransmitters or what vitamins and minerals are cofactors for making those neurotransmitters and Maybe I will have a little bit of a personal nutrient, nutraceutical type um, bar in a way, like people will have juice bars. What about having a nutrient bar? And imagine if one day there are these places where people can go to grab a shot of certain nutrients for their so-called bipolar instead of having to carry around like 12 bottles of vitamins and minerals or however many it is just pop into the bipolar version of Starbucks and get some glycine and taurine and things like that that's a long way off but what I'm saying is this type of self-medication approach might work for me, maybe, at least for the eight months before the crisis. When the crisis hits, I'm probably going to take the Seroquel earlier next time, though I might be tempted to not because of having a new approach. So even though I say I would do that to nip it, it's possible that this approach might help to eliminate it or make it easier. And I really don't know. So even though part of me wants to give up and go sit somewhere and wait to die or something, the other part of me realizes that I have to keep going. There's nothing else to do. And I printed off my strengths profile from strengthsfinder.com. But I think this was from a while ago, but this is the one that still applies is
curiosity, creativity. I think this is old because I lost my sense of humor a couple years ago. Forgiveness, love of learning, appreciation of beauty and excellence. It's hard to appreciate beauty and excellence right now. I think if I were to redo this, I would still have creativity and curiosity at the top and love of learning and perceptiveness, maybe. Yeah, so this is an interesting little profile to do. They have a book on Amazon um, about strengths finder as a way of intervention even though I don't like the word intervention last night I was listening to more of those audios on YouTube the same channel as the Schumann Resonance one that I've listened to and they have a lot of different ones and I was listening to them and feeling the sensation in my body and it was interesting because depending on which one I listen to and some examples are um, and this is by the channel Magnetic Minds some of the examples are Whole Being Regeneration Solfeggio Matrix I don't know what that is, I've never heard of that Golden Phi Ratio which is the Golden Mean and Multidimensional Connection Pyramid Frequency. This one that is called Pyramid Frequency is 33 Hertz. And I've explored that a little bit because of how that's a frequency that shows up on my brain on the Muse monitor app and the Muse headband. And it was interesting because I felt certain vibration in my body and then I can't remember which one it was. I think it was... There's Quantum Detox, DNA Regeneration. I listened to one that... Another one I liked was Chakra Awakening. Or Chakra... There's a Chakra Awakening and a Chakra Tune-Up. I'm trying to think of the one that I could really feel the vibration. Oh, it was the pineal gland one. I could feel it like right in the middle of my brain. That's where the vibration was. So I really like these audio things. And I like the effect of sound on the brain. There's a whole being regeneration, brain healing... They're pretty cool. I would suggest listening to some of them, for sure. Back to the drawing board, because I have nothing else to do. So I have an appointment to talk to Peter Smith on Monday and talk about learning to self-medicate, learning about the BDNF, HPA access, theory of mental health stuff, 
which is brain-derived neurotropic factor, and hypothalamic pituitary axis. And so that's the biochemical part. And then yesterday I was looking up BDNF and I came across a website called selfhacked.com. And there's a lot of information on there and different ways to increase BDNF, which is something that's involved in neuroplasticity and brain growth. So what was interesting was he, the author posted some of the BDNF SNPs, SNPs, which are single nucleotide polymorphisms, which in a nutshell are genetic variants of genes. So we have two copies of each gene, one on each copy of each chromosome, one from the father, one from the mother in general. And we can have these genetic variants of certain genes that aren't as optimal as the optimal version. So if we have two SNPs, which is two variants that aren't optimal, which they call minus minus, then that puts us at a disadvantage for that particular gene. So the person who created the website, selfhacked.com, created another website called self-decode which is a genome analyzer so once somebody has their genome analyzed through 23andme or ancestry or whatever the other one was one can plug that information into self-decode and get the SNPs that one has and put in one symptoms and so it probably narrows it down to the relevant SNPs so that is $57 a year, and I might try that later today. I did plug my genetic information into Genetic Genie years ago, and that gave a methylation profile as well as a um, detoxification profile. But it seems like this genome decode it's been several years since I did that so this the genome decoder has it seems like more SNP analysis like BDNF possibly oxytocin which would be cool hmm. and so that's where I'm at with the whole biological paradigm, though I did investigate some more stuff on that. But what I was looking at yesterday, all day, and I didn't shower or get dressed or anything, I just sort of sat there because I'm feeling kind of bleh. And, ow, this thing's biting me. know those little green things could bite. It didn't really hurt that much. I wonder what it'll do.
Um, so, after learning about this self-medication thing, or con concurrently, and seeing if I can taper off meds again, I also want to see something else, which is, what is this all about? And I've talked about it all along, but I want to go into it again in terms of Is the upside of this condition worth the downside? So is the creativity worth the fall back into so-called psychosis? And it goes with the theme that I talked about all along because I'm talking about harvesting one's mania. And I want to look into some of these things that like how the brain seems to work more efficiently there's extra energy so what do we do with that extra energy and I found some different facts from different studies and I'm going to tailor those facts to what I'm exploring one study found that mania increases dopamine, which is common in studies when one looks into it. But what was interesting is this one study looked at um, if executive functioning was affected in mania, mixed state, and depression of bipolar. when people are unmedicated and what it showed was there is a minimum level of executive functioning that is needed but it is lowered which was interesting and I also read that people who do well at school at 16 are four times more likely to develop bipolar. And another thing was one study said that people with bipolar are good at divergent thinking and can generate three times as many word associations as, as healthy controls. So there's some kind of verbal proficiency. So I wonder Is our function a new source of creative ideas? Is our function to be divergent thinkers? So maybe different people with bipolar are interested in different topics and areas and then are then divergent thinkers in that area and could maybe help that area. And then I wrote down that maybe we're into divergent living as well and this divergent thinking is influenced by dopaminergic function and we can generate many ideas about a topic in a short period of time 
So maybe we would be good at brainstorming for writers or something or whatever, I don't know. I'm trying to see where some of this can be shared and how. And maybe the topics of which we think divergently about can expand. So I think divergently about mental health and I've been trying to sort of fix it in a way, but this perspective would be more so how does one create a place for this in the world as opposed to maybe resisting the mental health system or whatever. Because maybe this divergent thinking or some of the other traits are a solution to something as opposed to thinking that it's a problem that needs to be solved and fixed. And there's trouble with that, of course, because a lot of times people feel that the highs aren't worth the lows. So the highs are great and wonderful, but then when the low comes around, one feels like, wow, that wasn't worth it, or this is so painful that that wasn't, wasn't good. But then there's some kind of forgetting mechanism, kind of like giving birth. Because one doesn't generally think, oh, I feel a wonderful mania coming on. It feels so good. I'm going to stop it from happening. It doesn't happen that much. So one of the problems might be mania in isolation or... Mania is a solution for something, but if it's not utilized as a solution, it's a waste. And I'm thinking divergently here because I'm coming up with new ideas as I'm speaking. And that's one of the reasons why I used to like to speak with myself about insights because of that process. So yeah, it seems like mania is a wasted solution. It would be similar to somebody being an elite, conditioned, trained, ready-to-go athlete and sitting on a park bench doing nothing. When that mania comes in, it is some kind of altered state of consciousness. And... Later on, I started to look into oxytocin, and it's elevated in people with bipolar, especially in mania. And to me, it shows that there's this energy in making it relational. So oxytocin is about social connection, bonding, blah, blah, blah. So... I feel like the oxytocin being present is the biochemical equivalent of being ready to share and make something relational or something like that. But then again, it's, it's wasted because it's not shared. And that was the other thing I came across. I came across this website called 
nos.co, N-O-S dot C-O. And it is software that is for ideas. So I contacted them, but I'm not sure if the software exists or what, because the website seems a little possibly outdated. Um, but it could be something in terms of starting to collect ideas and make this idea bank or this something like that. So it seems that executive function has to be lowered somewhat otherwise it gets in the way of creativity which makes sense because executive function is daily planning and goals and things and we kind of need to drop our personal goals in order to have access to information beyond that to new ideas new information new thoughts which aren't part of the old structure so I'm wondering if at some point though the executive functioning drops too low and I feel like this is what could have happened to me because I was going along fine being creative and still functioning and then I felt and I was talking about this process of that slowing down and feeling like okay now I can't really do anything I'm just sitting here so the other thing about executive function is it's part of consensus reality it's what allows people to operate and be quote-unquote successful in consensus in consensus reality but that needs to lower in order to have access to creativity so it's a trade-off and perhaps it would be a worthwhile trade-off if that creative energy was utilized so that was the point of the study too was that mania had worse executive function than mixed states and depression in bipolar people so I feel part of executive function and I don't know that much about it could be that it's about me and my motives and what I need to do whereas mania and that higher energy renders that me lesser so the me and my motives and what I need to do and my planning and my thoughts needs to lessen in order to have access to another source of information so this is where I wonder does the executive function bottom out as a control mechanism in that one can't use all the creative energy for one's own plans and then I look for a definition of divergent thinking from wiki and it says divergent thinking is a thought process or method used to generate creative ideas by exploring many possible solutions so what if one could have a business for generating creative ideas a lot of different businesses need creative ideas 
but sometimes it's challenging to generate them. And creativity is one of the biggest needs and it it's also hard to come by. And then it was interesting on the wiki page that it said that divergent thinkers often have certain personality traits like nonconformity, curiosity, willingness to take risks, and persistence. And so to me, it seems like what we are in thought, if we're divergent thinkers, is mirrored in our behaviors as well. So what we are in thought, like if somebody's in mania, they're having divergent thoughts, for example, and they're also likely not conforming, they're taking risks, they're curious. So it seems to me like it's challenging to be a certain way, certain way in mind without that trickling up all the way to the behavioral level. And my brain twin mentioned efficiency in life as one of the things that happens in so-called mania. And I feel there could be a certain efficiency that's happening in the brain too, in that there's more energy. So most people have conformity in thinking. So if they conform, they're also conforming in their thinking and they're not willing to take risks in their thinking. And there was a study in kids mentioned in this wiki article about how certain kids were playful and they were more divergent thinkers. So playful was defined as physically, socially, and cognitively spontaneous with a manifest joy and a sense of humor, which sounds kind of like mania, which I feel is a return to a childlike state. So with an elevated mood, one can perform better in divergent thinking tasks. And that would be related to how in mania we have a very, very elevated mood. So we can think divergently. And I think that's partly what would make us live divergently. Is that we're behaving divergently and we're thinking divergently. So during that time, we're living divergently. So I wonder actually if creating divergent thinking can elevate mood. If elevated mood leads to increased divergent thinking, can increased divergent thinking lead to elevated mood? So I'm wondering if one could keep a notebook of one's favorite divergent thoughts that one has created and sort of expound or extrapolate on that in order to improve mood. So maybe that could be called CDT, Creative Divergent Thinking. So maybe part of what we do is find and create possible solutions.
So that's when I wrote down, maybe there is no solution to bipolar disorder, but bipolar is the solution in that we are good at creating possible solutions and possibilities. So people could hire or contract creative divergent thinkers or a team of them. So instead of focusing on trying to fix it, trying to do something with its content. listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.